Welcome to the Faces of Fantasy Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Faces of Fantasy. Thank you so much for joining us this week. I've got a a very special guest here. He's a big name in the fantasy football community. Not only only his work on fantasyfootballhustler.com, on YouTube, he's on Twitch. You know, he's got his podcast all over. You can find him on Twitter at the Fantasy Football Hustler. He's big into IDP, which... I'm a fan of myself, ladies and gentlemen. Alex, how you doing this evening? What up, what up? Doing real good. Uh, happy to be here and uh, talk some fantasy and whatever else we talk about. What I try to do with this show is I try to pull back the curtain a little bit because, and I, I've said it a couple times, but I follow all these people and I, I get to know them a little bit. But I have questions and I I, I want to get to know them a little better because I feel like they're people that I would get along with. There's things that I want to know. There's things I'm sure a lot of your followers want to know. And this is just a way to make a connection. So we are going to get into it a little bit. I'm going to ask you some questions, non-fantasy football related. We'll get into that stuff later. But as of right now, let's just get to know you a little bit better. Who am I? So, Alex, tell the people a little bit about yourself without talking about fantasy football. Tell me some of your interests, your hobbies, you know, things that you get into aside from the from the the fantasy and fantasy content. Uh, entrepreneur. I mean, I've always been into uh, building businesses, um, had a lot of sales jobs in the past, but that really behind the scenes just being an entrepreneur so like this is something that's just kind of up my alley kind of building building a brand even though it is around like fantasy football uh interacting on social media you know like that's been a big part of my life even though it has been like fantasy football related but like that's like been a huge part of my life for like uh you know just a big time uh big part of it so it's tough to mention my life without fantasy football just because it is like one of my passions even though like i make a little bit of money at it but family man wife and kid uh, my son's gonna turn five this year uh that's been crazy just uh seeing him grow up and all this has kind of been going on you know since he's been born so that that's probably that that's the why in all this that's for sure yeah i i can relate to that i have two daughters one who just turned five and one who's one and watching them watching them grow and waking up the next day and seeing the steps that they've taken in such a short amount of time it's crazy man oh yeah definitely like uh it's blowing my mind my son can uh he's not even five yet and he can count to 100 he can count backwards from 100 and uh, he's already adding and subtracting it's uh it's a little crazy my daughter she uh she's an artist she from the age of probably three could draw, you know, a a little face and a little figure and she's only gotten better. It it blows my mind. And I can totally relate to you on the, on the fantasy aspect. So I know that you, you dabble a little bit uh, with investing. I, I, you know, I've seen it here and there and it's something that, you know, I've taken a personal interest a little bit. I've, I've been trying to educate myself, but it's, it's hard if you have nowhere to start. How did you get into that? 
Honestly, it was losing a little bit of money first. And then I guess just having an opportunity thrown across my wife's lap where it was a big academy that she got introduced to. And um, we're trading currencies is what it is. And if you have a bank account anywhere around the world, your money is getting used in the currencies market, um, just being used by the bank. And so once I found out that the currencies market, the three biggest um, players in this game are Wells Fargo, Chase, and uh what's the third one um wells fargo chase and i can't think of the other one off the top of my head just smoked a smoked a little bit right before this play but once i found out that it's like all of our banks that are putting the money into this market it made me a little bit curious and um we're with an academy now that pretty much teaches us everything from the ground up like i didn't know too much about this like four or five months ago and I'm no expert by any means, but um, it's fun making my money grow a little bit without spending too much time at it. I'm all about uh, making money from a lot of places. So when I when I found out about this, it was a little bit different than stocks because I, I got into stocks and only bought stuff kind of for the hype, kind of like crypto, kind of only buying stuff, you know, for the hype. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But this, I mean, there's a rhyme and a reason to why money moves the way that it moves. So you took a look at this and you said these banks are taking our money that we give to them and we they, they hold for us. They're taking that money and they're making money on our money. Why would I not just take my money and make me more money? Definitely. And it's something that, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, I mean, yeah, when I first started, I was a little bit nervous, but I'm learning from people that they've been doing this for years and years. I mean, a lot of them are people that have made millions, you know, trading in this market and it's nothing new. It's just something that now that the internet, you know, everything's so readily available, it's just something now that we could do easily. Like if you way back in the nineties, like you had to know international brokers and all this crazy stuff to be able to get into this market. Cause it's not a U.S. market. Market. it's like a world market and so now with the internet everything's like literally at our fingertips um we've had people kind of show us the way and i mean we're kind of doing the same thing I, i've been showing a few people who've been uh doing fantasy football stuff with me and we're kind of doing it together you know as a team just kind of growing and we're, we're building for a big 2022 vegas draft is what we're all uh trying to build up some money for amongst uh you know doing things to better for our family I myself am hoping to make it to Vegas for the rookie draft in 2022. I, I went to the the draft in Dallas. I, I saw Baker, you know, get taken first overall. We went crazy. And at some point or another, I had a, a one or two drinks too many. And it was, it was a good night, man, that, that night one. So we're going to get into a few just fun questions. If you had a warning label, what would it say? Uh, um, caution is that, that's what it'd say. Cause, uh, <laughs> I know sometimes I can rub people the wrong way, but I always have the best intentions, but, um, sometimes I just don't have time to beat around the bush. No pun intended, but I I've noticed that you can be a little blunt at times. <laughs> yeah. And, um, sometimes things, you know, I guess it depends on who the crowd is. And so like with Twitter, it's, it's a crowd of people who've been doing this a long time, you know, um, not necessarily fantasy rookies, you know, so I don't have to cater to them and, you know, try to put things in layman's terms. So sometimes I do come off a little bit blunt when I'm dealing Facebook or with Patreon, where it's like people who probably literally know nothing. Um, you know, maybe I respond a little bit different. I for sure do. 
Yeah, I can understand that for sure. If money was no object, let's say you're set for life, you're set for generations beyond you. What does a day in your life look like? Definitely a lot of hanging out on the beach. That's for sure. Uh, doing something special with my wife and my son. That's for sure. I don't know what it is, but something that we're doing that together. Really a lot of hanging out and probably just smoking a lot of cannabis because I'm in California where it's 100% legal. And um, anything that we could do, having a good time with that and just being carefree, maybe being by the beach. Um, yeah, that's a good day to me. So I'm assuming that you're a uh, an advocate for the ending of the federal prohibition of marijuana. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's one of those things that... It, it's definitely not worse than alcohol. I mean, we know how many people die from uh, drinking alcohol like every single year. There's not one, you know, overdose ever from marijuana. Um, there's not going to be any mass murders coming from marijuana. Like, I mean, if anyone was going to go out and do something and they get really high, they're probably going to get lazy and, you know, maybe do it the next day or something. So I would much rather be in taking cannabis, you know, where I'll still, no matter how much I smoke, maybe I'll fall asleep, but I'll still have, you know, use of my bodily functions definitely more than than alcohol i mean we've seen some of those people who can't handle their liquor and uh you know they turn into people who just like want to fight want to brawl you know just people you don't want to be around um yeah i i want to see it at least get to that level to where cannabis and alcohol or at least on an even playing field where you know if you intake cannabis you're not just some stoner you know because if you just drink a beer you know you're not some alcoholic degenerate you know you're just drinking a beer yeah, I agree. There's a huge difference between, you know, having a few drinks occasionally to relax and, you know, buying some natty ices at 7 a.m. You know, just like there, there's a huge difference between recreational use, medical use, and then, you see, there's really no comparison to the natty light at 7 a.m. when it comes to marijuana, because you do it recreationally for fun or you do it for medical reasons. I mean, there are people, I, I talked to Robbie, Ramoy's Robbie about it, you know, and the amount of medication that cannabis has replaced for him, it helps him and it helps so many people. And having moved from Texas, a place where it's only medically legal to Idaho, a place where it is not legal at all, you know, but I can drive an hour and a half to Oregon and guess what? It's legal. It's one of those things that most of the states have got on the right track, but it needs to be a federal thing. Yeah, and it is. I mean, we know there's a lot of politics behind it. I mean, the pharmaceutical companies, there's a lot of money that goes into lobbying, you know, behind them. And that, that's really what this all is. But a place like New York just goes like, you know, full recreational. Like when the big states start doing it, the little states start following. So once California, because Denver or Colorado was the first place that went fully legal and that was 2014 and nobody really cared. And then like Washington did it. Nobody really cared when California went fully legal in like 2000. What was it? I think maybe 17. I think in 2016 it passed and then 2017, I think was when it went fully legal or maybe it was 2018, one of the two, but that's when that's it's really started moving the needle other, you know, it started getting on ballots for other States and, We've already heard federal talks, you know, about it. So I really was always saying like 2022 is when it's supposed to go federally legal in my eyes, because there's like all these weird laws to where 2022 is when it seems like big tobacco is getting into it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with all the restrictions that they're coming out with, with, you know, cigarettes and vaping and, and nicotine, you know, these companies are going to make their money somewhere. And once their attention turns towards the marijuana market, and that's the majority of their income, there's no doubt in my mind that it's it's going to it's going to flip the script and, and federally it will become legal, regulated, taxed. And it's not a horrible thing because we've seen the revenue that Colorado and, you know, Washington, Oregon, California brought in. I, I definitely think it's a good thing. We're not talking about we're not talking about anything hard here. It's it's a little bit of cannabis. Definitely not worse than alcohol. And yeah, I mean, we hear about Colorado, you know, get funding a lot of schools, funding a lot of things that just needed extra funding. Use the cannabis money for that. Let me ask you a question, Alex. Aside from absolute necessities, and I'm talking food, water, oxygen, things that you need to survive on a daily basis. What is something you could not go a day without? Computer and cell phone, that's for sure. Um, a lot of the stuff that I do is marketing. Um, a lot of the stuff I do is communicating with like, you know, Patreon uh, people and um, who are not in San Diego, you know, where I'm at. So I probably talk way more to people outside of the city that I'm in than I do talk to in the city that I'm in. So if I was like completely cut off, it would be something like that. Not where I need social media for myself, but like literally people are trying to get in touch with me, you know, that uh, I'm responding to, or we're having conversations in our big community chat, you know, things like that. So obviously I will go times without turning it off, but during the season, I know like if I don't answer people like within a certain amount of time, like they're getting like super pissed. So that's what I think about like taking care of the people. Yeah, in this day and age when everybody is so connected, I mean, things like Twitter that I, I can remember graduating high school in, in 03, and man, it the internet was a different creature back then, you know, and now we're at a point where you don't have to get an AOL 30-day trial to have internet dial up, you don't have to download ICQ to be able to talk to people, it's everybody is readily available, doesn't matter where in the world they are, if they have the internet capability, they can communicate with you and computers and cell phones and, and being in the industry that you're in, you know, I, I don't see how you go without it a day either, because that's, that, that would be a huge hit. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's pretty awesome. You know, the way that it connects us, like just this year, I've been in leagues with guys in Mexico, guys in Canada. Uh, we're doing a startup league right now where there's a guy in the UK and he's up at like, he said that he was up. It was like one o'clock, like in the morning, like his time. And uh, we're doing a draft and he's like up so he can make his pick, you know? And uh, he said, he's got to be at work in three hours. And he's like, so if I'm not dedicated, I don't know who is, you know, but that that's, what's cool about all this. I've met so many people, not just in San Diego, not just in America, literally around the world. And, you know, all just cause of YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, like it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I just finished a startup, and I believe there were two guys from the UK. might have been three, but I know that at least two of them were at opposite ends of the draft. That was a slow draft. If you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Hmm. I mean, if it was only one meal, I mean, we're, we're assuming that 
by in taking this meal every single day, it's not going to mess up our body. Like that's what we're talking about. So I, I guess it would be like a surf and turf, you know, meal. Definitely couldn't eat steak like that much. Like I don't know how people can because I've tried it, and <laughs> your body just doesn't like that. But if like my body wouldn't be suffering because of it, it'd be a surf and turf steak and lobster like meal every night. Yeah, that's not horrible. You got your land, you got your sea, you got options. You know, maybe maybe you eat the lobster for lunch and the steak for dinner and leave the rest laying just to get a little variety. There you go. I don't know if you're a singer, but this next question, it tends to be a fun one. It's karaoke night. You're at the bar. It's a huge crowd assembled. You have to get up there and sing one song. What song are you picking? I, I would go with something like the real Slim Shady. <laughs> Take it back to like, uh, what was that, 2001 or 2002? I mean, it's obviously got to be a crowd of people our age, but uh, I know that would get people real hyped. Oh, yeah. My my personal go-to is Ice Ice Baby because yeah. it, it really doesn't matter the age. It tends to get the crowd going. And I'm not horrible at it. It tends to go okay. And typically people end up dancing to it so i it's just my go-to man and as soon as they hear a collab and listen they start listening that's right they absolutely do if you could have any superpower what would it be and how would you use it so this one's tough i'd probably have to say uh just being invisible I just feel like it, it would just be awesome. You'd be able to uh, be a fly on the wall literally anywhere that you wanted to be. Um, I mean, you wouldn't be able to walk through walls or anything. But, yeah, I don't think I would use it like, uh, um, what's his name, uh, Kevin Bacon. And uh, I can't think of the, the name of the movie uh, right now. But uh, that one where he, did, <laughs> where he started using all his powers for evil. So I don't really know how I would use it for good. I mean, uh, but uh, I know that it would be pretty damn cool to uh, to have that power. That answer has been brought up once uh, by Herms, matter of fact. And he said, he said, could you imagine walking in the GM's offices of sports teams and standing there and getting all that inside information? Adam Schefter, who I believe was the quote. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This next one is a more hypothetical, but it's just a little thought exercise. It's a cold and rainy day. You are driving down the road in your two-seater sports car. You stop at a red light. There's a bus stop there. And you see three people at this bus stop. There's your lifelong best friend. There's an old woman. And in this weather, she does not look like she's faring well. Like, like you're questioning how she's doing, you know. And there's the love of your life. What do you do in that situation? So... Coming from someone who's packed like nine people into like a five-seater car when we were doing like crazy stuff, I'd figure out a way to make everybody fit. Uh, the old lady would probably have to sit up front just because like, you know, she might break her hip if we're throwing her into the trunk. But uh, the love of my life and uh, hopefully my best friend is, uh, you know, like not trying to, you know, get too touchy-feely for a couple minutes until we drop the old lady off and then my friend's got to sit in the trunk while uh, the love of my life gets up front. But that's the way that we'd figure out how to do that uh get some people in the trunk and uh you know hope that the cops don't see us man i that is probably the most original answer i've gotten and that might be the most original answer that i ever get on that question i i love it (laughs) 
this is going to be the last personal question before we kind of get into the fantasy stuff. You get to put on the Super Bowl halftime show. Pick three artists, living or dead. So one's got to be Michael Jackson. I mean, he already did the halftime show, and that was still one of the best ever. So I, I would say him as one of them. This one, this one's a little bit tough. Uh, ooh, all right. So um, probably have to throw Led Zeppelin, you know, in there. Get get some old school in there and uh, get a nice mix. And then if we had to go new school a little bit, I, I mean, I, I'd have to throw Eminem, you know, in there. So take it take it way back with one. Uh, I mean, Michael covered like all the different years. So, I mean, we could span a lot of decades with like even two or three of his songs. And then uh, let Eminem come rock the crowd, you know, last minute right before uh, right before the teams come back on the field. Before you named Eminem, I was thinking the collab between Led Zeppelin and Michael Jackson would be amazing. But once you dropped M, thinking about the ways that him and MJ could work together, thinking about the lyrics of some of M's songs, that would honestly blow people's minds to see those oh, yeah. two collaborate. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. All right, so we got to know you a little bit better, Alex. So hang tight, and let's get into some fantasy. All right, so tell us, man, how did you get started playing fantasy football, and what was your journey from being a player to a content creator? So it's the it's actually the craziest story, and I was talking about this with somebody. I have a little bit of a checkered past. We can go all the way back to like 2006 when I was just the 420 hustler. I actually got arrested two times in the same exact year. And uh, the first time was uh, on the day of the Super Bowl, uh, 2006. And then um, I actually, I was doing like way too much and uh, I got arrested again. And it was actually the first day of the NFL season, the Thursday night game. So like just really weird. And then, um, so I end up, I, I go work at Subway for, for a hand, for like a month or something in between some stuff. And some random guy who I was there working with, like introduced me to fantasy football in, uh, in 2006. And I was probably the worst manager in the league. Cause I had a lot going on, uh, <laughs> during that time, but that sparked my fantasy football. Like as a manager, I created a league the next year. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, then we got on Yahoo in 2008. My, uh, some of my friends introduced me to Yahoo and doing the draft on there. Got into a league with another friend too. And the rest has kind of been history as far as like being a fantasy manager goes. The content creation. So I got into video in 2020 and podcasting 2020, but content itself, like social media, I created a group on Facebook fantasy football advice for experts, gurus, and beginners. Tried to just name it. I mean, this was like when Facebook groups just first came into existence. So I tried to name it just something like super generic, but catered to a little bit of everybody at the same time. That's where I started creating content. I mean, a lot of it was just pictures, doing my start and sit, you know, questions um, instead of doing work, you know, during the week, like things like that. And that spawned into getting laid off in 2020, um, buying a green screen, um, getting a, a webcam and a mic, and just literally just started doing videos, 
not knowing what I was doing. And um, I got fully monetized on YouTube within like 10 weeks. Went from 20 subscribers to like a thousand subscribers in like 10 weeks. So didn't know what I was doing the first four weeks, kind of caught a groove and then um, just never really looked back. I don't know if you can see this and this is, this is one of those things that's kind of serendipitous, but if you'll look below the sleeper notifications, I've been a member of that group for a while now. And it even says it up top and I never made the connection. I was a member of this group long before meeting you. So that's, that's actually pretty interesting. Yeah. I created that group, uh, 2016 or 2017. I, I can't even remember what season it was, but yeah, it's been, uh, been a heck of a ride. That's for sure. I can't even tell you how I came across it, but I know when I did, I joined. Nice. What was the hardest part about beginning to produce content and what's something that you wish you would have known before you started? In the beginning, um, consistency and quantity is king. So instead of making like a lot, I always wanted to do, um, what's it called? Uh, the, the long, the long stream content or whatever. I, I'm, I'm blanking on the term right now, but, um, you know, the hour long podcasts and things like that. And those are fun, like for like in the off season, but in the, during the season, short, sweet to the point. Um, that's something that I would tell myself in the beginning and, uh, make sure you got dope graphics. That's for sure, because they make a difference and always give back to uh, to the people. Um, that's something that I, I'm more giving advice to other people right now. But I know that that was one thing that really put me on the map was doing my start and sit uh, question and answers uh, sessions and like dedicating a lot of time and like answering every question that came in, even if it took like three hours to do it. Right. I mean, you you can't produce this content and do it when it's convenient occasionally and expect to, you know, excel in this field. There's so many people who put in the time they put in the work, they, they, they hustle and, you know, they get to be where you are. And then you have the people who, who want to do it, but they don't have the drive and it's, you have to have that consistency to excel. Consistency is key. That's for sure. I know that uh, sometimes I would start the show purposely like five or 10 minutes late just to see how like people responded in the comments and like just seeing like, oh my gosh, where the hell is he at? Like, it makes me know that, you know, just building up the anticipation a little bit, but it lets me know that people are waiting for me. Like people want to see me, you know, and like, it's a good feeling to know. And, um, just always showing up, you know, for the, I was like so sick in week 16 that people told me like, you need to just stop. We got our answers. And like, I couldn't even do an hour and like the entire season, it got up to me doing three, four, five hour live streams and like, you know, talking a lot, <laughs> but knowing how to manage what I'm doing. And uh, yeah, like week 16, I got like sick um, stomach bug or something and couldn't talk. And it was like the worst feeling in the world. Cause it's like championship week. <laughs> you gotta love that dedication, man. You really do. What are some resources that have helped you along the way? Fantasy footballers for sure. Um, I mean, everything that I'm doing, I, I mean, I'm pretty much doing it like them, but the way that I wish that they were doing it. So like, I mean, they're foot clan, they have it on Patreon. So my hustler community, it's on Patreon. I've been a foot clan member for a while. And I just, I always kept my money in there. I figured it'd be like bad karma, you know, to take out my $5 a month or whatever. So stayed on that, but I always wish like they would communicate. 
you know, with the chat. I always wish that I didn't have to pay $50 a month to be able to get a question answered, you know, from them. So like, that's something that I started my Patreon last year, like literally week one when I started going full time, but like dedicating, knowing I'm going to spend hours and time literally on everybody who asked me questions. And, um, even though I told people you had to be on a certain tier, you know, to be able to get DM access. When I only had a couple people following me, I just wanted to treat everybody like they were a $50 member. You know, like I didn't even have a $50 tier, but I was trying to treat people like, you know, the, the $50 tier that I wanted to eventually like have. And I, I know that I had people who like, they're such dedicated followers you know, and like, so I know that I'm doing the right thing and people tell me how I'm so much better than all these other people with dealing, you know, with their uh, communities. And um, so footballers that I got off topic, but footballers, huge resource, uh, reception, perception, uh, huge, huge resource. Um, the fantasy black book, you know, I always get that. Um, that's about to come in the mail any day now. Huge, huge resource. Um, and now I'm taking all these things, not copying anybody, but trying to like, I'm, I'm making my own fantasy guide this year, uh, a draft guide. And I wanted to make something where it's like a one-stop shop. I got like over 700 players broken down, um, offense and IDP. So I want to have both. Nobody does that. I'm going to be the first person to like really marry the two. And I got it broken down by scoring uh, types. So everyone kind of just goes with one scoring type, but I have everything broken down by standard, half point, 1.0 PPR, and then even my hustler defaults for like every league that I'm doing. So just to give people, you know, a little bit of edge on the custom scoring settings that I have. So that's one resource that I'm kind of hyping up now. And I've had a bunch of people help me out with it. And uh, it's been pretty awesome. It's been like months and months in the works and uh, finally coming to fruition. I know you're big into the IDP. I, you know, you've invited me to, you know, do an IDP mock draft with you on your channel. You know, we, we've talked a little bit of IDP. What, what made you realize that this was something that you needed to get into? So literally the first league that I played in was a two QB, not super flex, two QB and IDP. So I just thought that was the way that everybody played fantasy football is literally the first league that I got into. And um, the more research that I did, I found out when, you know, when the Raiders created it, you know, when they hate the Raiders front office created fantasy football, when they just like hated watching their own team and wanted to cheer for other players. <laughs> Um, it was, it was all positions, you know, so IDP was there. It was just somewhere along the way, you know, the team defense concept, you know, got put into play just to kind of make it a little bit easier for more casual fans. And like, I'm all about getting more people into it, but I just know there's levels to this and the IDP, like it makes it just that much more fun for me with the strategy, because like we've all played in those leagues where, you played up against Alvin Kamara in the championship and you just got your ass whooped. And there was literally nothing that you could do about it. One player totally dominated your team. Nothing else mattered in an IDP league. Like it's so much harder for that to happen because you have more players and there's more, you know, Alvin Kamara doesn't score 80% of your points. Maybe he scores 50% or something like that, but it, it, it counterbalances those like, leagues where one player can literally win a championship so that that's why i really like it being somebody who plays in idp leagues myself i i believe the second or third dynasty league i ever got in was idp and it was new to me and i i can absolutely relate with what you're saying because if you don't have that that stud running back that stud wide receiver who's just absolutely blowing up 
if you have worked on picking up players ahead of time off the waiver wire, if you've built that defense, if you've got a good core set of linebackers and some safeties in your defensive back position, I mean, it really can counterbalance it, especially if the other person goes, ah, I've got Kamara, I've got Dalvin Cook, I've got Justin Jefferson, I'm not worried about my defense. Yep, that's for sure. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of teams that... um I mean, most of the most of the leagues that I play in are IDP, and um, the the couple um, championships that I won with IDP. I mean, one of the one of the leagues I had um, Jeremy Chin and Buda Baker and TJ Watt and um, and uh, Blake Martinez, and um, so it's only like you only start three IDP players like in this, and it was like a thirty-two team like dynasty, you know, just like just ridiculous, you know. And but my defense and having Travis Kelsey literally carried me. Tom Brady going off in the championship helped, but like TJ Watt just being so consistent and like the number one, like defensive lineman, you know, like I, I made sure to draft him first on, on defense. Cause he's that much of like a cheat code when you can plug him into the defensive line and literally every single week, like just him being in there was like having Travis Kelsey, you know, on tight end. Like it just gives you that much more of an edge, like every single week. Yeah. Being somebody who's never bought, an IDP guide or, or had a, a, a guide to start up drafting with IDP. It's, you know, I've, I've been in a few leagues and it's, it's always kind of weird because you're so used to doing just offense that you don't know where it's appropriate to start drafting defensive players, where they match up. Is this something that, that they can find with your guide? Well, you'll know how the points stack up. Like that's one thing that you will know. Now, every league is going to be different. So if I was just joining a league where I didn't know anybody, I probably wouldn't pick the first defensive player just because I don't want to be the one to crack it off. If I can go a couple more rounds and stack up on some offensive guys, I'd rather do that. But one thing that you'll notice if you're in an IDP league and you play, you start more than a couple guys, some of these offensive guys will drop so far that you'll just be loving life. Like that's one thing. Like when you play in a super flex league, all those QBs go earlier, it makes some offensive guys drop to the third round who should be taken in the second round. When you start mixing an IDP, you're going to have guys who should be drafted in the sixth, seventh round who are going in like eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th round, just because some people get on those defensive kicks and it just helps guys drop a little bit farther. So that's one thing that I really, really love about IDP leagues is you can get a lot of good value on offensive players that aren't like, you know, tier one. Yeah. So if anybody's thinking about getting into IDP or maybe you've committed to an IDP startup draft and you don't know what you're doing, fantasyfootballhustler.com. You can go check out Alex, you know, buy his stuff. It, the guide can help you. It, it, it really can. Being somebody who, like I said, went into it blind, it's a bit of a learning curve when you're not used to it. So a resource like that would definitely be helpful for those people. When it comes to rookies and offensive, defensive, however you want to put it, how deep do you dive into the incoming class and what does that process kind of look like for you? So... I do a lot of redraft content, um, not as much Dynasty. I mean, I play Dynasty, you know, but my, my bread and butter is redraft. So for stuff like that, you know, I'll, I'll dive into like top 10 at most positions. Um, you know, something maybe wide receiver, you go a little bit deeper, but especially for redraft, you just don't really need to go that deep on your rookies. Like wide receiver is probably the position you need to go the deepest on. But even like on your IDP I mean, really only the top like five guys at each position might be drafted maybe 
Um, so yeah, you don't really have to go too deep on your rookies and redraft. Let me ask you, Alex, what are your goals fantasy wise and what would you like to achieve in this space? So really I want to bring IDP to the forefront. I I mean, I, one thing that I do want to have is, um, really the biggest community just on the internet. And I know the, the Facebook group that we have right now, it's uh, almost 25,000 strong, super close. And I think we might be the second biggest, you know, group on Facebook. And I know if we're talking that compared to the foot clan, you know, we have more there. So that that's really one of my goals and just making sure that like with my Patreon and everything, um, you know, these, these is where people are like, having paid memberships, you know, to get access to me and, you know, just exclusive, uh, exclusive experiences and things like that. Like, I just want to be so badass at that, that everybody wants to share their fantasy secret. Cause like in, in fantasy football, you don't really want to share the secrets of where you're getting stuff. Like that's, you know, it's one of those things you don't want to tell people where you're getting your info from, but I want to be so dope that people want to tell their friends about it. In fantasy football, it seems like, opposed to most businesses or brands, like you said, if you find a good resource, something that you're using, the people that you're closest to that play fantasy football are typically in your league. So you don't want to turn them on to it. Just like just like you, fantasy footballers was a big thing for me, you know, back 2014, 2015, you know, when I started really getting into it. Before that, I was just casual, but then I, I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to get into this fantasy footballers was a big thing, but I didn't want to tell my league mates because I knew they would be going after the same guys. I was, they would be going after the same sleepers. They would get the same advice. And so have you found that you have to advertise kind of more as opposed to depend on word of mouth? Oh yeah, definitely. Cause um, a lot of people don't want to tell people about it. You know, like it's one of those things to where I just, I tell people they're going to hear about me anyways. If they find it out from you, at least they're going to think that you're cool, you know, because you told them about me, but my advertising is doing those question and answer sessions. Like literally spending two, three, four hours of my time just answering every single question, you know, that comes in and then always reminding people subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on uh, the podcast and then really pumping up my Patreon because I know that everybody's really busy with what they're doing and not a lot of pe- even the full-time fantasy people, they usually don't have time to answer DMs, but I'm the exact opposite. Like, yes, I'm, I'm doing this to make money, you know, to provide for my family because I got laid off, you know, so like that is one reason why I'm doing it. But I'm also, you know, blood, sweat and tears are going into this. Like a lot of my time throughout the day is going into this. So I know that if anybody pays me even a couple bucks, you know, to be a part of this, like they're literally going to get every question answered that they're asking me. And the whole goal is to win every single week, get that championship, you know, and um, I take it seriously. You want to hear people say the fantasy football hustler took me to the ship. Yep. That's for sure. And last year it was Herbert. Herbert was a big reason why a lot of people uh, stuck around with me that week when he went up against the saints, everybody who asked me a question about a QB, I was like, if it's a one QB league, just go pick up Herbert right now. I don't care who you drop, pick him up, start him over anybody, anybody except like Patrick Mahomes. I think that was it. Herbert was my number two QB for that week. And um, I got a lot of loyal followers after that week. Cause a lot of people questioned it. One guy even had Tom Brady and he was like, I got Tom Brady. What do you 
you talking about? Who's this guy, Herbert? I'm like, trust me, man. Trust me. Just do it. And uh, and he did it. He won literally because of that move. Uh, Tom Brady did okay. But Herbert was like, you know, one of the top scoring QBs that week. And um, that's what people love about me. I deep dive. I don't just talk about, you know, the most popular picks. I'm a degenerate with all of this. I play in 16 team leagues. I played a 32 team dynasty league last year. So I'm deep diving so far for myself that, you know, deep diving for other people is very easy because they don't have to go as deep as me. Yeah. Being somebody who plays in a 20 team league now, I, I can tell you when you get up to that many numbers, it is beyond ridiculous and you have to deep dive you have to see things coming before they happen you really really have to get in deep to it what are some frequently asked questions that you'd like to address is there something that maybe you have a lot of followers a lot of patreon members ask you over and over and over again and maybe maybe this is a good place to address them or something of that nature A lot of it's start and sit questions, you know, I mean, that's like the big majority, but a lot of it, you know, how do I start a league? What, uh, what platform, you know, do I play on and like sleeper that's definitely become the best platform for me. Um, Yahoo, they cap you at eight leagues, you know, so I, I'm in a lot more in eight leagues. So that's why I like sleeper. Um, I would diversify, you know, like a lot of people ask me, what's the most fun type of league. I'm in so many different types of leagues that they all are fun to me in different ways. So that's one thing that I get asked, what type of league should I join? You know, like join a bunch of different kinds of leagues so you can see what you like. You know, like we shouldn't be scared to jump into brand new leagues. You know, most leagues are for money. Just find some cheaper ones. You know, like, I mean, not every league is, you know, over $100 or whatever. You know, like find some cheap ones. There's some out there. And um, get into a Facebook group. Go get into my Facebook group, Fantasy Football Advice for experts, gurus, and beginners. Like you'll meet so many people. You'll be able to fill up leagues. You'll be able to join leagues. Like that, that's a good place to get questions answered also. Who are some of your favorite analysts to follow? So Jordan, uh, 50 Shades of Drunk from the IDP Army. He's one. Uh, Rum Boys, Robbie, and, you know, um, Bogart, Scott Free, like definitely those guys um, with the Rum Boys Fantasy Network. Um, you know, I mean, everybody knows about the footballers and guys like Matthew Barry. Like, I mean, those are guys that I, I followed, but I don't take their content as much as I used to, even though I'm still a Foot Clan member. Um, let me see. Who's some other ones? I mean, Herms. Herms. Uh, is it Herms NFL, I think, on Twitter? Yeah, he's super cool, super energetic. Who's someone else? I know I'm forgetting someone. Oh, uh, Fantasy Good Sports. Um, he's someone who's up and coming in the uh, in the fantasy content creation, and um, he's super dope. I like all the content that he's been bringing. He's actually a new content creator within the group, and um, everyone's been loving his stuff because he'll create five, 10 minute videos, but he'll throw his little like one minute clips, you know, up there. So yeah, that's someone who I've been rocking with, uh, TD from Fantasy Good Sports. So you got Fantasy Good Sports, you got Herms NFL, you got the GMM Network with Bogart, Scott Free. You've got at R on Twitter. That's Rumboys Robbie. Shout out to the Rumboys Network. So let me ask you, we're getting towards the end here, Alex. Do you have anything that you want to promote? Uh, I don't care if you've already talked about it. Get your stuff out there. 
So the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash ffhustler420. There's a couple reasons why you want to join. If you want to get into a Hustler League, that's one reason you want to get in there. Um, we're in our seventh startup right now. Um, we're one spot away from filling it up. I'm going to do about 10 Dynasty Leagues. But I'm probably going to be doing about 100 leagues total combined with like Best Ball Leagues, Guillotine Leagues, Vampire Leagues. Um, we're going to be doing a brand. We're doing a league for uh, a charity league for the Dream to Walk foundation and it's freaking amazing um it's one of one of uh, my youtube supporters uh Stu, and uh, he's paralyzed from the uh the chest down and he's got a whole foundation around just helping a lot of people who are in the same situation as him he's not someone that was born that way he's someone that um got had an accident and um you know just ended up that way you know and so he's doing good things trying to pay it back you know to people and so I always wanted to have like a league for some kind of charity. And so he allowed me to uh, to do it for a league that I got Adam Rankin, uh, James Coe, Marcus Grant, and uh, Schmitty, just to name a few. And then we got a bunch of Patreon members in there. But we're gonna raise over $1,000 for Stu's foundation just with this one league. And um, that's something that I'm really excited like about doing. And I know we're gonna do a lot of smaller tournaments and stuff. So that's another reason you wanna just be in the loop with everything, you know, get the uh, patreon.com slash ff hustler 420 and the draft guide like i'm super stoked about that it is a resource for fantasy fanatics who do a lot of drafts a lot of different settings and who need to deep dive so that's one thing that i'm super super stoked about um the hustler draft guide perfect that that sounds like a great cause and that sounds like a great guide especially for people who are toying with the idea of idp but don't want to jump in blind to the situation all right, to end it here, man, give me your hottest fantasy take, Alex, and then tell the people where they can find you. I'm going to give you two. That Ryan Tannehill is going to finish as a top five QB and that Baker Mayfield is going to finish inside the top 12 QBs. So I, I break down QBs a lot. That's probably my favorite position to break down. And uh, so those are my bold predictions this year, at least for QB. And Fantasy Football Hustler, that's where you can find me. Um, YouTube, uh, Twitter, uh, Twitch, Instagram, Facebook. Um, just go search me, Fantasy Football Hustler. You'll find me. Thank you so much for joining us here on Faces of Fantasy. You can follow the show on Twitter at Faces of Fantasy. If you have a suggestion for someone you'd like me to have on, reach out to me on Twitter or send me an email at Faces of Fantasy Pod at gmail.com. <laughs>